This morning's reading is from the book of Luke, chapter 2, and I'm going to read verses 15 to 20. That's Luke's gospel, chapter 2, verses 15 to 20. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the word of the Lord. As we stand, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do pray that you would speak to us through your word this morning. We pray that you would speak to us after the celebrations of Christmas. And please would you show us how to respond to your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please do have a seat. was the week after Christmas when all through the place there were arguments and tiredness. Even dad had a long face. The stockings hung empty, the house was a mess, those new clothes didn't fit and mum was under stress. The family was irritable and the children no one could please because the instructions for the new gadget were written in Taiwanese. Families were recovering, desperate to take in a show, knowing it was impossible without a negative lateral flow. The bells no longer jingled, no carolers came around, the sink was stacked with dishes, and now the tree was turning brown. The shops were full of people returning things that had fizzled and failed, and bargain hunters were disappointed that what they'd bought was now on half-price sale. Towards the week after Christmas... The spirit of joy and peace giving way to fear. The only hope on the horizon? A booster jab in the new year. Well, I don't know if you can relate to any of that. Uh, What I'm trying to get across uh, this morning is that for many it is easy, isn't it, to sink down with a bit of a bump after the excitement and the celebrations and the climax of Christmas. The magic, the sparkle, the lights, the gifts... They don't, they don't last, actually. You know, those lights break. Uh, even these new LED ones, they do. The candles, they turn to wax. <laughs> Our gifts, well, they may be exciting, shiny, and new now, but they don't last either, do they? I mean, seriously, what, what have we had? What, have, what, what Christmas presents have we had? So, just somebody shout something out to me. What, Christmas present, what have we had? A coat. A coat. A coat. In a few years, D. You know, you'll be going in a different one, or it'll break, or the zip will go, won't it? You know, it, it looks lovely, by the way. Uh, it's a lovely, lovely warm coat. 
but it won't last. We'll want to get a new one. Anyone else? Any? You can see I'm being a bit of a... A oh, oh, what? Sorry, I didn't catch that. A frying pan, yeah. And a, fry, a nice new frying pan is great. It's nice, shiny, it's new, but we all know what happens to them. Eventually, they're not shiny, they're not new. The handle will go loose, won't it? And at some point, you know, it'll, it'll just, it just won't last. Look, I'm not trying to be mold misery guts here this morning, but this is the reality, isn't it? The things and presents we, we give, the things we have, they don't last. You know, whether it's a, a plant, um, you know, a, a toy, a gift, eventually, or a gadget, it'll be superseded by, by something, won't it? Or it'll, it'll break down. And all too often, I think, as Christians, we can get sucked into this spirit of the age, can't we? Uh, especially if our hope is more in the lights and, and uh, uh, the giving of gifts and um, uh, the feasting, that perfect Christmas dinner experience. If that's primarily where our hope is, then we're going to be disappointed. Uh, and we're succumbing, actually, to the spirit of the age. It's not that those things are bad. Those things are great. Those things are, are, are great, but they are great because they cause us to reflect and they lead us to something greater. Or they lead us to someone greater. That's what those things are supposed to do. So the lights, they, they remind us that Jesus is the light of the world. The, that feasting is, is, is a celebration of, of the gospel, of, of, of the, God's gift to us uh, through Jesus. It's also a foretaste of what it will be like when we are uh, with, with the Lord in glory, of course. Feasting where we can just feast and feast and not have to worry about <laughs> how much we're eating and how ill we feel. And the gifts, of course, they are they're great, but they're just a, a sort of a pale reflection, aren't they? of the greatest gift that has been given to us uh, by the Lord, given his Son through, uh, through the Holy Spirit. It's awesome. So how can, we allow, how can we help ourselves this morning not to allow uh, the, 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 the something greater to become something less? You know, that, that, all those things, they are, they are just leading us to the something greater. So how can we keep that in the right perspective uh, this morning and into 2022? So I want to encourage us what we can learn from the Christmas story about what happened after the celebrations. So what happened after that sky had lit up with the angels? And then it went dark again. What happened when the sky was full of that glorious sound and then it ebbed away and there was silence how can, how can we be equipped as we go into the darkness and, and the silence that inevitably will come at times during 2022? Well, the great news is I've got four things. Uh, four, let's call them biblical resolutions. If you don't like that word, that's fine. Call them responses, okay? <laughs> four biblical responses uh, that we can, we can think about uh, for this new year, all of which just about come from uh, the passage we had read for us um, in, in Luke's account. So we'll need to get back there. Luke chapter 2, if you've got your Bibles. Uh, hopefully you've also got a copy of the handout. This will help you follow uh, where I'm going. If you've not got a copy of the handout, uh, do just put your hand up. If you want one, um, uh, one of the stewards will come around and, and give you one. I think most people have got one. That's great. Maybe a hand just at the back over there. But um, Oh, and one, a couple down the front as well, um, Debbie. Thanks very much. Uh, just, just a couple down here. Um, that would be great if we could get them to them. So that, that uh, handout will show you where I'm going if you open up Luke chapter 2. And uh, the, first, the first response, if, if you like, the first uh, resolution that I, I want to share with you is that we treasure and ponder the gospel in our hearts. That we treasure and ponder the wonderful gospel of Jesus in our hearts. According to verse 18, uh, that's what all who heard the shepherds did. They were amazed. 
And uh, it's certainly what Mary did too. We see in verse 19, she treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. So let's just remind ourselves of the scene. Luke is describing uh, the reaction to uh, the good news of Jesus' birth. And he paints this picture. He paints this picture of wonder and praise and joy and celebration at the news of the arrival of the long-promised rescuer. It is a scene, if you like, of of everyday people. It's the simplicity of, of everyday people, a simple family, a child in a manger, Shepherds in the fields. It's just this simplicity of existence contrasted with an amazing, indescribable act of heaven as the true identity of the newborn child is declared. And if you look back to verse 10, just a bit before the passage we had read, the angel there says, uh, verse 10, do not be afraid. I mean, you've got to think these guys must have been petrified actually at what they that what they saw standing on the, on the on the hillside the angel says do not be afraid i bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people today in the town of david a savior has been born to you he is christ the lord please don't miss uh, these familiar words no doubt you will have had them uh, maybe on some christmas cards <laughs> um, you'll have reflected on on them over this christmas uh, uh, season and it's all too easy to become over familiar with them but these are some of the most precious words uttered in all of human history what is the good news what is um, the gospel to wonder at to marvel at to treasure to ponder answer a savior a savior for all the people but a savior from what what do we need saving from well in short we could say everything that is bad everything that is wrong in the world so yes at this time we may be thinking of being saved from materialism and uh, empty celebrations we may also be thinking of um, salvation from pain and illness uh, depression we may particularly be thinking of disease and covid things like that in our minds so thinking about what we need to be saved from in, in, in a meaninglessness. Can we be saved from meaninglessness? Can we be saved from hatred that we see around us? Can we be saved from lust? From aggression? From strife? Division? Jealousy? See, all these things actually are, are, are symptoms of one of two things. They're either a symptom of a corrupted world... Or they're a symptom of a corrupted heart. And that's what we need saving from. A world that is not as it was designed to be. And hearts that are not as they were designed to be. As they were meant to be. And our corrupted hearts are are actually hearts that have rebelled. Rebelled against their creator. And the really depressing thing is that there is a cost to that rebellion. There is a cost. And that cost is death. It's quite simply why we all die. Why we all die at some point but here's the ultimate salvation that is on offer through jesus christ it is rescue from that death that's the good news it is rescue from that death that eternal death now i recognize that not all of you who are here this morning uh, or who are watching um, online hello to you as well it's good that you are with us 
And not all of you may yet call yourselves Christian. You may be visiting, you may be with family, um, uh, you may just be thinking about and inquiring about the Christian faith. And if that's you, it is great that you are with us. We love having you with us. We, we love having you amongst us and welcome to you. But please know this, that this is the cracking good news at the heart of Christianity. It is the hope of this rescue. That's what lies at the heart of our faith. That's what lies at the heart of what we believe as Christians. It's what motivates us to come to church. Uh, it's what motivates me to come and lead and to preach this cracking good news. And if you believe and trust in him, then the death that Jesus died on the cross some 30 years after he was born will actually be counted as your death instead. Okay, yes, we will die, but that eternal death you will not have to go through and will not have to suffer. That is the good news to treasure, to ponder, to marvel at every single day. Today, tomorrow, every day, every single day as we go through 2022. Whether or not you are just inquiring at the moment, whether you're in, you think of yourself as a fairly young Christian, maybe you've been a Christian for 50, 60, 70, 80 plus years. This is the good news to keep marveling at and pondering as we go through, um, through the, the next year. And if you are in the process of coming to faith uh, or you've recently become a Christian, then can I just say at this point we have a, a, a great um, series of evenings in January uh, that may be just perfect for you. Um, we're running a series of evenings called Hope Explored. We're going to hear a little bit more about it later on on Thursday nights. Uh, a chance just to find out more about how the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus can bring us hope. So that's one way that we could ponder the gospel in our hearts. You can come to hope explored. How else can we do that? How else can we treasure and ponder? Well, the way that God has ordained this is he's ordained it for us to spend, he's given us his word. He'd like us to spend time listening to him and speaking to him through his word. This, this book that we have, this book that we have from start to finish is gospel. It is good news for us. And we need to be regularly in it. We need to be listening to God through his word. We need to be uh, spending time uh, speaking to him and pondering that in our hearts. Now, whether we use a, a, a plan, a five-day-a-week plan, a seven-day-a-week plan, whether we use Bible reading notes that are printed, whether we've got our own plan, whether we've got it on a gadget, whatever it is, we need to regularly remind ourselves of the gospel that left to our own devices we, we so easily forget. We need to be intentional about it. Nothing beats that daily discipline of reading God's word. Of course, we all fail to do that from time to time. You do, I do, we all fail. Um, it's a struggle to be consistent. There are many pressures on us. There are many demands on our time. But please don't let the experience um, uh, or, or the pressures stop you from giving it another go. Please don't let the experience of, of failure stop you from trying again and reading regularly and spending time pondering uh, uh, um, God's word anew in your heart. As I say, there are lots of uh, plans um, out there. I've put a few suggestions on the sheet. So if you're, if you're wondering how you're going to uh, you know, plan to read through God's word this year, you can look on there. We've got a special section on our church website. There are other things you can search in there. Uh, if you want to come and have a chat with me uh, after the service, then I'd love to just see if we can help you find something that works uh, for you. But whatever we do, when we're asking the Lord for his help, let's plan to treasure. Let's plan to treasure and ponder the gospel 
in our heart anew this next year. There's a, uh, the, 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 the flyer for the Hope Explored that I was mentioning. So, uh, second response, second resolution. Return to our front line, glorifying and praising God. This is from verse 20, where it says this, The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Which kind of begs the question, where did they return to? Where did the shepherds go back to uh, after they had been with Jesus? Well, the immediate context is back to work for them, one assumes. They came from the fields, one assumes that they return here back to the fields. But the detail of that work, if you like, they're going back to work, and many of us will be thinking about going back to work this week. The the detail of the work is, is actually not as important as the fact of where they went back to. It was their everyday, daily existence. They went back to their everyday, daily existence with a faith that had been confirmed, it had been deepened, it was new for them. They went back with this faith and they went back with an attitude on bringing, uh, with an attitude to, to bring God glory as a result of what they had experienced and what they had seen and what they had heard. And they went back to do that in a context where, just think about this for a moment, they went back to do it in a context where literally no one knew anything about who Jesus was. No one knew Jesus. And that is what our front lines are, 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 isn't it? That our front lines are places where, any places where, people do not know Jesus. Where we are day by day, week by week. Where we have contact with those who do not yet know Jesus. So it may be at school. It may be at work. It might be at university. It may be with family. It may be with neighbours. It may be in the shop. It, it may be with a postman. It, it, it's anywhere, anywhere. That, our, that our, our, our everyday existence intersects with those who do not know Jesus. And what we learn from the shepherds is the principle that after the celebrations, after a deepening and a strengthening of faith, they return to their front line glorifying and praising God. That's the principle. So how is that going to work out for us in, in 2022? Let me suggest a few areas for us to think about. Firstly, we can return to our front lines uh, and glorify God through modeling a godly character. Modeling godly character. What will the f- fruits of the Spirit look like uh, on our front lines in 2022 as we mod- model godly character? What will love and peace look like at home for us this year? What will patience and kindness look like at work? What will goodness and and faithfulness look like at school or at university? What will self-control look like at home or in your sports team? Whatever it is. How will we model godly character? That's the first thing. Secondly, we've all got work to do. We've all got work to do. You know, whether we're paid to do it or not, whether that's the dishes we wash, the shirts we iron, the shopping we do, whether it's the essays we write, the assignments that we've got to hand in, whether it's the calls we've got to make, the deals we've got to do, the deadlines we've got to meet, whatever it is, will you return to that front line of your work and glorify God by doing that work well, with integrity before God? Thirdly, 
Will we return and glorify God by ministering his grace and ministering his love in a thousand different contexts and different ways? You know, maybe you know that there's someone who needs some good advice at the moment in, in your circle. You know that somebody needs some good advice. Would you give that? Would you give them that grace of, of good advice? Maybe you have a colleague who, who you know just needs a little bit more TLC at the moment. They just need that little bit more space. Will you minister God's grace and love to them? Maybe that girl at the Tesco checkout isn't her usual cheery self. Will you notice? Will you say, how are you doing? Will you minister grace and love to the people on your front line? Take the initiative. You know, even if you spend most of your time at home and you live alone, there are still opportunities to extend grace to those who who come to your door, to those who call you up. There are still opportunities to pray for those who God lays on your heart. Final way, another way that we can return to our front lines and glorify God is to, to look out for those who can't look after themselves. To be a mouthpiece for truth and justice in this world. You know, whether that's sticking up for ourselves or someone else. You know, a boss who is much maligned. Maybe they deserve some of it, but maybe most of it is unfair. Will you stick up for your boss, an employee, a classmate who (laughs) has been falsely accused? God loves justice, and he loves to see it done. Well, if those things have uh, whetted your appetite, um, let me just recommend uh, a book for you that you might like to get hold of. Uh, and read in 2022. Um, it's called Fruitfulness on the Front Line. It's by a chap called Mark Green. I think maybe you've, you've, you've seen some of this stuff before, the frontline stuff. But this book, um, uh, particularly if you're thinking about those things of godly character, good work, ministering grace and truth, and extending uh, justice and, and, and mercy, this is where I've taken those headings from. It'd be a great read for the New Year. It's by a chap called Mark Green and comes highly uh, recommended. So, as well as planning to treasure and ponder the wonderful gospel of Jesus in our hearts in 2022, let's also pledge to return to our front lines, wherever these front lines are, glorifying and uh, praising God through character, through work, through, uh, through grace, through love, through truth, through justice, through these things. But, of course, one of the best ways to glorify and bring praise to God is the title of our third suggested response uh, or resolution, if you like. And that is to make the gospel known. Make known the gospel. Just look at what the shepherds did when they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. This is verse 17. They spread the word. (laughs) They spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. I mean, just who the shepherds uh, made known the gospel to, we're not told. We don't know who they, who they spoke to. But many commentators believe that these shepherds were the first uh, evangelists, if you like. They were the first people to tell others about Jesus. And just note how God does his work through his word here. His word, if you like, comes through that angelic proclamation, through his messengers in 10 to 14. And it sets off a, a chain reaction. Because the shepherds respond in faith. So the word is proclaimed, the shepherds respond in faith, and once they have found the child, they then tell others their testimony. So the word is proclaimed, there is a response in faith, and testimony follows. They they say what happened to them, they explain what happened to them. And as for the shepherds, 
so for us. You know, the correct response to God's word is faith, backed up with proclamation, faith in our, in our hearts that is backed up with testimony. It's the way God has ordained it. It's part of our purpose as Christians to make known this gospel that has so affected and captivated our hearts. So how are we going to do that in, in 2022? Here's some thoughts. It is often helpful, I think, when we are thinking about how God might want to use us to actually ask him, Lord, how do you want to use me this year? Lord, who do you want me to pray for this year? Whose salvation do you want me to be concerned with, Lord? Let's not let, let's be just an academic exercise. Let's just do that now. Let's close our eyes. Let's close our eyes, let's pray, and let's ask the Lord to bring to mind those that he would have us pray for. There's a space on the sheet, you can write down those names if you have a pen with you. You might have a gadget, put those names on there. Lord, is there someone whose salvation you want us to be particularly concerned with this year? What are the names that are coming to mind? Don't think too hard about it. Just the first two or three names that come to your mind. Who are they? Maybe just write them down, put them in your phone, whatever it is. Remember them later, write it down later if if necessary. Will you commit to pray for those three names once a week for the next year? Just 52 times. Just pray for them. Once a week. That is one way that we can, we can make known the gospel. We can pray into these situations. But I also want to encourage you to be ready to offer biblical perspectives, if you like, on what's already being talked about. And I don't mean fully thought through degree level answers that just nail every... It doesn't work like that, does it, in every, every, everyday conversation. But what is already being talked about out there? You know, it might be the latest blockbuster movie. You know, that may be just a conversation you're having. You know, it might be the latest Bond movie or a Marvel movie or something like that. You know, you say, well, have you noticed just how, how, how hope seems to be a, a, a big theme in that? You know, how we, how we hope, or have you noticed how the theme of sacrifice so often comes up in blockbuster movies? It's almost like there's something deeper that resonates with us. Have you thought about why that is? That's one way we could do it, isn't it? It might not be, it might not be movies. It might be something in the area of sports, you know? Well, why is it? Why is it after however many years, two years is it now with the Black Lives Matter and footballers taking the knee and all? Why is there still racism? Why is there still hatred in our in our game? Actually, is there something deeper? Is there a bigger problem at play here? Do you think? Maybe just just an idea. It's just a conversation. It's just a perspective. It's just a thought. Might not be in the area of sports, but maybe it's in politics. I don't know if I can trust anybody at the moment. I don't know if I can trust any of them. I'm concerned about the overreach of, 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 of government in, in all, sorts of, it's all sorts of ways. But you know what? I'm just grateful that humans aren't in ultimate control. And so this year, I'm, I'm going to pray to the one who is in ultimate control. It's not neat. It's not tidy. But it's just a way of, of, of offering a biblical perspective on something. 
And of course, it could be the dreaded COVID, couldn't it? You know, there's a lot of worry. There's a lot of fear around, to be sure. But you know, I I read in my Bible once, my Bible says that, that, that perfect love casts out all fear. I'm so grateful that I know that love that casts out all fear. It's just, 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 a, just a thought, just a way. Do you get the gist? I'm not saying it's easy. It's not easy. <laughs> it is so not easy. I am rubbish at this. Really, really rubbish at it. But there are opportunities that are there and they are ripe for the taking. And please don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about artificially forcing a conversation. That never works when you, when you, when you try and artificially force a conversation. But there are opportunities all over the place that you can experience exploit and you can drop biblical perspectives into conversation um, all over the shop and in so doing it normally leads on to other opportunities because people will inevitably ask won't they why do you say that why do you say that and then when they say that you remember the sequence that you respond what, you know, what do we do when we re- respond in faith we're responding in faith with our testimony and God has given us all unique testimonies Yes, sure, we don't have the testimony of those shepherds 2,000 years ago. But only you have experienced what you have experienced in the way that you have experienced, uh, the way that you have experienced it. And that is the testimony that God has given to you and given to you for a reason. How has the gospel of Jesus Christ affected you? How has it changed you? How has it strengthened you? How has it equipped you? How has it supported you? How has it changed your mindset? How has it helped you through dot, 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 whatever it is? Whatever painful circumstances, whatever difficult circumstances. You know, it's in these, these, these difficult moments that, that that gospel proclamation truly takes place. Not just in this formal setting on a Sunday from people like me standing in a, a place like this saying some words. But in the midst of our everyday situations. Those gospel conversations. It's in the conversations with the doctors, with the work colleagues, with the family members, with your neighbours, with someone you've just met on the bus even. You know, I don't know how I could have got through dot, 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 dot. Whatever it is for you, without God's strength, without his hope for the future. I, I thought it was all over. I really thought it was all over, but it, but it wasn't. And I just know that people have been praying for me. I have no idea how I could live without. But you know what? I found the church has become family for me in a way that I never thought was possible. I never knew forgiveness for what I'd done was possible. I thought it was going to be impossible. I couldn't even forgive myself. But then I met Jesus and I found that in him there is forgiveness. Do you see how your testimony can be used it's powerful. It's powerful. And you know what? We, we don't need to be telling others, but we need to be reminding each other of this as well. We need to be reminding each other of our testimonies and sharing that with each other. It's not just about telling these stories to people who don't know Jesus. We need to keep encouraging each other to keep going, to not give up, to keep on fighting the good fight. Knowing that as Romans tells us, that very famous passage in Romans, that for all those who love him, God is working all things together, all things together for good. Our cancer, our illness, our loss, 
our weakness as we've been looking at in 2 Corinthians in that middle of that series our weakness his strength made perfect in our weakness so we can make known the gospel through prayer we can drop in these biblical perspectives in our conversations we can share our testimonies but at the end of the day we need to be ready to explain the content of the good news which brings me to um, my last resolution um, uh, uh, last response if you like for this morning and I want to encourage us to allow the name of Jesus to always be on our lips now admittedly this is a bit of an applicational jump from what is actually in the text um, and it's the verse after uh, uh, the one that Kev read uh, for us verse 20 uh, uh, verse 21 but this year I want to challenge us to have Jesus's name not only never far from our, our minds not only ever far from our hearts but also never far from our lips because it's so incredibly important and powerful a name. We get a hint of it then in verse 21. Let me just read it for you. It's the verse after that Kev read for us. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him. Now, the naming of Jesus here is far more important than his circumcision. Now, the circumcision was pretty important. Let's not you know, uh, undersell that. That was very important for the Jewish people. But the naming was important because it was a faithful response to the angel's message. It was God through the angels who gave him this name. And God gave him this name because it was a declaration of what the Father was doing through the Son, saving people. That's what the name Jesus means. God saves. This is how Paul sees it. He's writing to a bunch of Christians in what we now call Greece, and he says this, God has highly exalted him, Jesus, and bestowed on him, on Jesus, the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's a pretty important name, isn't it? That description is telling us that that name is pretty important. Over and over again in scripture, we read, in my name, in Jesus' name, in his name. The devil was powerless in Jesus' name. The demons were cast out in his name. Healing occurred in his name. Salvation comes in his name. People were baptized in his name. We are justified in the name of Jesus. Everything we do and everything we say should be done in his name. And Jesus invites, he urges, he commands us to pray in his name. And when we do, he has promised incredible results. Because there is power, real power in the name of Jesus and you know what allowing the name of Jesus to be on our lips begins right now begins now because as you return to your front line after this Christmas season I can guarantee that you are going to be asked this question you may already have been asked it, actually but I can guarantee you're going to be asked this question and it's this how was your Christmas how was your Christmas? And rather than saying fine or great, and rather than talking about family gatherings and, and, and presents or illness or whatever it is first, what if our first instinct to that question was to mention the most precious, the most important, the most powerful name there is? Yeah, my Christmas was great, thanks. I got to celebrate the birth 
of the saviour of the world, Jesus. It's the most significant event in all of human history. Now, I'm not saying that will lead to a full-on gospel conversation. It may well lead to a funny few looks. It certainly has with me when I've, I've done that and used that in the past. The conversation may move on. It's fine. Our call, friends, is to faithfulness. It's not always to success. It's just to faithfulness. But as Christians, we are gospel-proclaiming people, folks, and we cannot proclaim the gospel without allowing the name of Jesus to be on our lips. It is, he is central to that gospel. So, friends, can I challenge us to do that this year? Can I challenge us, and can I, uh, can I challenge us to keep encouraging each other to do that this year? It was the week after Christmas, <clears throat> and I needed to start Treasuring, pondering Jesus in my heart. I had a job to do, and so to my front line I trod, carefully considering how I could glorify God. I started to pray. I asked for the bottle to speak up and out and make known the gospel. I wanted his name to be on my lips, a name that with power and authority drips. He's the best of all gifts, which to us has been given. He's Jesus who died for our sins and is risen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we think about how we respond after the celebrations of Christmas, help us to to walk out into this new year. A year that no doubt will bring times of darkness and silence for us in many different ways. Lord, help us to be faithful to you. Please would you help us to treasure and ponder your gospel anew and intentionally this year. Please would you help us to return to whatever our daily situation is, glorifying you. Please help us to make known the gospel in everyday language, just in ways that we can do it. And Lord, we want the name of Jesus to always be close to our lips and in our hearts and minds this year. So Lord, please help us in that endeavor, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.